Tell me the, uh, some of the the most interesting reactions you've had from people when they see the desert for the first time. We'll be halfway through the tour of this beautiful trail with all this green vegetation and the saguaro all around us, and I'll have somebody go, how much longer until we get to the desert? And I'm like, <laughs> you haven't picked up yet that we're in the desert? Yeah. No, it's all so green. There's grass over there. Yeah, right. Welcome to For the Love of Mesa, the show where you get to meet our makers, the people who are turning Mesa, Arizona into the hottest hotspot in the Southwest. Mesa, that's what I feel free, free, free. I'm on the way. I'm Brian Nissen, and today's episode, Mesa's Desert Adventure, featuring a couple of folks who are really turning heads when it comes to desert fun. What do you picture when you think of the desert? Well, a lot of that probably depends on where you grew up or what kind of movies you watched as a kid. For a lot of people, their vision of the desert was formed by David Lean's masterpiece, Lawrence of Arabia. But the Sonoran Desert, or at least our corner of it, is lush by comparison to the towering dunes of the Middle East. In fact, it's called a subtropical desert, which kind of sounds like just a little less green than tropical, but let's not get carried away. Still, anyone who lives in Mesa knows our desert is a gorgeous wonderland, filled with colorful flora and fauna and teeming with wildlife. And if you want to get a closer look at it, have we got a few people you should know. First, Heather Vetter. Many years ago, she and her husband moved to Arizona. Grew up in Canada, um, came down in the early 90s. We've both been water babies growing up. Um, my husband was a competitive water skier. Injury resulted in ending that career. But a tiger can't change its stripes. Water kids need water. So we were in Mission Bay and thought, wow, these stand-up paddle boards, let's get some and take them back to Arizona. We're, we live here in Mesa and we're a few minutes to the Salt River and out to Swirl Lake, Canyon Lake. So we were like, why not? Grabbed a couple boards and went out and our friends were like, what are those? What are you guys doing? Yeah. That looks fun. We want to join. On a return trip to California. Ran into a gentleman who was making paddle boards out in San Diego and he asked, hey, would you guys rep our boards? Well, sure. So we brought a couple back with us and suddenly we've sold 20, 40 boards and we're like, well, wow. Our garage is getting full. It's time to to decide whether we're going to run with this or we're going to just keep it a hobby. And um, it all started on a paper napkin sitting in a restaurant one night. And like we all thought, great ideas. Yeah. We kind of ran the numbers and said, well, if it pays for itself and we have a lot of fun and it gets us back on the water, let's do it. And so found a um, place to rent, opened up a shop 20 days later. And uh, the rest is history. Wow. Tell me a little bit about the name. Uh, no Snow. Again, growing up in Canada, we came down, uh, we were in our early 20s, and friends kept asking, when are you coming back to Canada? And we kept saying, never, no snow. When it time came for us to choose the um, name, we thought, well, that kind of just fits, you know, no snow. Right idea at the right time. The explosion of families, like just looking for outdoor recreation and all the social distancing 
And it was just so great to see people come together. Like, it was really fun, but at a respectful distance, of yeah, course. Right. <laughs> well, it's easy to keep six foot distance. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I've been, my, my, my wife loves to paddleboard, so we bought a couple of paddleboards. And I have a harder time staying on my paddleboard than she does. I've fallen in a couple of times. And she says that men have a little harder time because their center of balance is higher. And I'm hoping that you can confirm that that's true. I'm going to wink at you and say, yes, that's true. But most times you're just not fit on the right size board. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we have different um, widths of boards for stability. The wider, the more stable, longer, the better glide, that I kind of thing. I think a so raft is what I'm looking for. <laughs> if you've been down to the Salt River, you know that paddle boarding has become a thing. Why has this become so popular so fast? Uh, I just think that it's something everybody can do. You, you know, there's no expectation to stand and you don't have to be good at it. You know, it, it's just a time that you can get a picnic out and and get together and just enjoy being outdoors, get some fresh air. And once people get outdoors, they see our desert surroundings with new eyes. It was unbelievable. One time a person said, there's water in Phoenix. And I said, we're surrounded by water. It's fabulous. It's, And most people said, huh, you know, I've lived here for 30 years and I didn't even realize the river was that close. Michelle Streeter, Chief Communications and Content Officer for Visit Mesa, says that's a common refrain from visitors as well. That's the one thing that people just do not expect when they are planning their vacations to Mesa is the access um, that we do have to the Lower Salt River, but also the lakes that are nearby. I mean, and all the attractions that are based on lake activity. You've got the Dolly Steamboat there at Canyon Lake. And so... Well, I have the, to admit, I didn't know that. We have steamboats on these lakes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, cool. we have incredible um, water activity. And that's really what we're selling through as a point of differentiation, right? And that's probably the biggest misnomer. People don't realize that this desert destination is just an oasis. And along with the water comes wildlife, big and small. One ride down the salt and you're bound to see the river's most popular creatures, wild horses. They live wild for us to float through and they just exist. They're such really beautiful is. creatures. They really are. And the last time I went, there must have been 40 or 50, right? Yes. Right along the edge. But they also come out pretty far yes. too. Yes, yeah, they'll cross. They can cross right uh, one side to the other. They're all along the river uh, through the tunnel forest there. Of course, they're cooling off, right? Exactly. What, what should paddleboarders be aware of when it comes to horses. Uh, mind your business. Keep 50 feet away from them. We've seen so many people that just think that they are, you know, a domestic horse and, oh, I want to feed them an apple or I'm going to drive my kayak or float my paddleboard right through them. Absolutely not. Give them the respect they deserve. Um, if they rear up on you, they can cause some very serious injury. And so we just ask everybody, respect the wildlife and just give them their space and admire them from afar. Of course, wild horses are just one species on the Salt River list. Oh my gosh, we have a new family of otters. I think they came down the Verde River when the floods came a few years ago, and they're thriving. They're the most adorable and very curious, so they're fun to watch. And of course, all of the, the bald eagles, um, bighorn sheep are out there. I see them a lot at Suaro and along the cliffs on the river as well. Wow. It's incredible wildlife down there. I love the notion that there's a new family of otters. Oh, like like we know the other otters and these yeah. guys are who are these guys? Yeah. They're from out of town. 
I think that they came down from like Bartlett because all of a sudden there was an otter and we were like, is he alone? Does he need friends? Where's his family? And then now they're they're just so fun to she watch. Had a very nurturing attitude. I know. I, I was just like so kind of worried about them for a minute. It was like it was your own teenager. I is know. he going to make is friends? He, does he need a ride home? Like, yeah, it was just really cool to see him pop up and um, wildlife is just second yeah. to none down there. Again, Michelle Streeter. Quite honestly, that is part of the draw too, right? Everybody wants to have an experience, have a moment, and you can pretty much guarantee that's going to happen when you're out there on the water. Desert magic happens off the water too. Just ask J.J. Bryles of Stellar Adventures. How did you get into this, of all the things you could have chosen to do? And is this a hobby for you as well, or is this your life? No, this is uh, definitely my life. <laughs> I mean, uh, I grew up a kid in Indiana. Once I graduated, wanted to see what what else was out there, and uh, decided Arizona was one of the places I wanted to go. I've always loved the outdoors. I got into tourism by becoming a concierge at one of the uh, resorts here in town called the Phoenician Resort, and... Uh, from that, I started to see the demand for all of these activities. Everybody that came up to the desk was interested in, obviously, great restaurants. Uh, and then the next question was, what activities would should we do? We might never come out here again. It got my mind rolling into the sense of uh, there's opportunity there yeah. and was lucky enough to uh, match up with a business partner of mine that uh, was a good friend. And we basically got an H1 Hummer and started doing tours. Was anyone doing it at that time? There was one company doing it at that time, and uh, um, they had pretty much a monopoly on it. And I could just feel the, you know, the increased asking for activities. So I started to get to the point where I was like, okay, this is something I might want to look into. JJ got to work. We do 30 single ATVs. Uh, We do 12 four-seater UTVs. Uh, We have seven Hummers, and then I have four M1009 Blazers. They're like military decommissioned Blazers. A lot of people think that you just buy the vehicle and go out in the middle of the desert and take people through. Right. Unfortunately, there's a few more hoops to jump than that. Yes. Yeah. In this beautiful Tonto National Forest that we go in, you are you have to be permitted by the U.S. government in in the Mesa Ranger District, which is not an easy task. They want to make sure the people that get these limited amounts of Uh, permits are actually stewards of the desert. Anyone who started a business in this new millennium can easily guess JJ has had to navigate a few obstacles. First starting up and kind of really getting going uh, in 2000 and then 9-11 happens. There's no planes in the air. There's nobody coming. And then the recession in the 2008 was a whole nother ball game. And then the mother of all obstacles, a worldwide pandemic. But in the end, J.J.'s hunch about what people wanted was spot on. To have the guests that we're bringing from, you know, the East Coast, the Midwest, from Canada, from Europe, um, and then go, all right, we're going to spend 20 to 25 miles driving through this beautiful desert. They light up. The great thing we like to do at Stellar Adventures is uh, the history of the area, too. I mean, we have so much Native American culture um, that we try to highlight, but... The trail itself, part of the trail that we go through out the Four Peaks and then the Bulldog Canyon area is part of the Great Western Trail. This was one of the trails that the covered wagons came across and the horses we discussed earlier are descendants. And I mean, they've never been touched by the human hand. So that is something that you can't get anywhere else. I mean, that's just unique. 
Tell me the, uh, some of the the most interesting reactions you've had from people when they see the desert for the first time. We'll be halfway through the tour of this beautiful trail and I'll have somebody go, how much longer until we get to the desert? And I'm like, <laughs> you haven't picked up yet that we're in the desert? Yeah. No, it's all so green. There's grass over there. Yeah, right. And I'm like, we have to tell them they just don't know the levels of the desert. I mean, we're the greenest desert in the world, which is the reason we get to have all of this beautiful wildlife that most places won't get. But the other one has to do with the Salt River. We get up on top of what's called Hummer Hill and they look at the superstitions and they see the bend of the Salt River. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is the first time I've ever seen a mirage. I've always heard about these where you can see water out in the distance when you're in the desert. I'm like, that is water. They're like, oh. It sounds like he should have a pack of your cards for when people get out there and say, what, there's a river down there? Yes, there is. And here, you can go down get it. a paddleboard and float it yourself. Whether these desert tours are on land or water, Heather and JJ have one common experience. The kids start with their phones and they're all, you know, on their phones with <laughs> grouchy in their back seats of the cars. And when they get back at the end of the day, they're smiling, they jumped out of the car, they're telling me about all the things that they saw. And it's just, it's very um, gratifying to see families come together and get outside and be a family unit and enjoy enjoy the outdoors. I have to second that for her. One of the, one of my favorite things is when we get to the trail, you know, we don't tell them, but cell phone signals almost obsolete out yeah. there. I mean, there's nothing better to see these kids have to put their, put their phone away and then to see them at first be, you know, resistant, you know, resistant. Yeah. and then, and then the end of it, all of them hugging in front of a saguaro cactus that's, you know, 40 feet tall above them. There is sort of an enchantment that happens to you about the desert. When you first see it, it just seems like a, a, a lot of brown. But then there's something that takes over. Do Have you noticed that for yourself? Uh, I mean, you have to fall in love with it. I don't know anybody that stepped through the beautiful Sonoran Desert or the Tonto National Forest, three million acres of national yeah. forest that that we get to go to whenever we want to. Yeah. It, it It's... You smile and your eyes light up. You're exactly right. I think living in Mesa, we've lived here uh, 22 years, and I just there's really nowhere else I want to live. Michelle Streeter couldn't be happier to have people like Heather and JJ doing what they do. It's the outfitters that make the desert come to life. It really is. It's the folks that saw the desert with their own eyes and chose to share some of that with others. It's really up to us to always make it alluring and make it come to life. And we can't do that without partners like these. Lawrence of Arabia's desert is different than ours, but his attitude about it is the same as Heather and JJ's. Lawrence expressed it well when Claude Rains as Mr. Dryden tried to warn him about going there. Take it from me, for ordinary men, it's a burning, fiery furnace. Now Dryden, it's going to be fun. And it is. To find out how much fun, go to nosnowsup.com for your paddleboards and stelleradventures.com for desert tours on ATVs, Hummers, and more. For Visit Mesa and for the love of Mesa, I'm Brian Nissen.